Um, we've just uh, completed a three-week series called Prophecy of Hope, and I am proud to say, and we give all glory to God, but there were 19 baptisms. And we praise God that Pastor Taj and his team worked a marvelous miracle in the lives of these 19 individuals. And we're so happy that God gave us the opportunity to witness these miracles. It's such a wonderful thing to see someone uh, give their life to Christ. And when you are part of that campaign, spiritual emphasis, it brings joy to our hearts to know that God can work in a special way, even through broken vessels like ourselves. And so I'd like to uh, acknowledge Amen. I'd like to acknowledge that Pastor Kiala had a part in training us because before the series began, we asked uh, different pastors to come to Kona and preach uh, the morning service, but also to give us training in the afternoon as to how to reach out to people. Pastor Kiala came, Pastor Vasily came, and we gained experience and gained knowledge as to how to put on a evangelistic series. So Pastor Taj had a, uh, Pastor Taj, Pastor Vasily, Pastor Kiala, and all of those that are praying in the circle of God's family had a part in bringing these precious souls to Jesus. Amen. Um, my father was a pastor of this church some 50 years ago. And so it is with great humility that I take this uh, platform. I can never be like my father, but I know that my father was a very spiritual man and he touched many lives. And some of those lives are still here in this community. And I just praise God that God has given each of us a voice. And not all of you will have a voice to come up here and, and preach, but I will say this, all of you have a voice to witness of God's love. Whenever God brings to your mind how much he loves you, whenever God brings to your mind the love of Jesus, whether it be the face of a child or the face of a loved one or a beautiful sunset, God is manifesting himself in our lives when he shows us these little miracles. And when we get up every day, that is a little miracle. When we take our first breath, that is a miracle. When we have food on our table, that is a miracle. When we have a roof over our head, that is a miracle. When our children respect us and honor us, that is a miracle. And we can be thankful every day for what God has done for us. And so I'd like to start off by telling you about a lady named Catherine. Catherine was headed for a meeting that her husband was holding in the, in the city of London. And she was hurrying around, hurrying along because she was late. And as she was going down the streets of London, she saw this dirty, grimy lady sitting on her stoop. And next to the lady was a jug of alcohol, a jug of beer or whiskey or whatever it was. And Catherine was going to walk by. She was in a hurry. She needed to get to her husband's meeting, but a voice told her, stop, talk to this lady. 
And so she got up her courage and he says, hello there, uh, miss or missus, would you like to come to a meeting? And the lady said to her, I can't come to your meeting. My father, I mean my, my husband, he's inside and he's drunk and I have to stay here with him. And Catherine, she surprised herself and she says, can I go and talk to your husband? And the lady said to Catherine, you'll never get through to him. He's passed out. He's drunk. He'll never hear a word that you say. But Catherine pressed on. Through holy boldness, she pressed on. And she went in to talk to this man. She said, sir, can I pray with you? And she prayed with him. She started reciting to him the story about the prodigal son in Luke 15. And when she got to the part where the father threw his robe around the boy, put his ring on his finger, and hugged him and was weeping. The man in his drunken stupor also started to cry. And so Catherine pressed on. Do you know, sir, that Jesus loves you just as much? And this man said to her, can you pray with me? Can you visit me again? And so she did. Week after week, she came back and visited with this man. And do you know that through her efforts, 10 alcoholics gave their lives to Jesus? Catherine and her husband were the founders of Salvation Army. And you know the impact of Salvation Army because of their dedication to Jesus, because they are willing to share the love of Jesus with anyone, alcoholics, prostitutes, street people. They have reached thousands and thousands of people. I pray that as we go into the word today, that you will think, how can God use me to be the salt of the earth? Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this opportunity to visit with the Honoka people. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to share our faith. Dear Father, you have loved us so much, and we pray that through our lives and our words, we will show love to those that you put into our circle, dear Father. And today, as I break the words of life, may it not be me speaking, dear Father. Hide me behind the cross. Speak to me and through me, dear Father, as I seek to relate some principles of your love. We thank you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like, to like you to open in your uh, Bibles to the fifth chapter of Matthew. And we'll be starting in Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16. When you found it, can I hear an amen? amen. Scripture says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, 
and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know the properties of salt. What is salt used for? Preserving. It is also used to enhance the flavor of food. In ancient times, salt was such an important part of the economy that the word salary came from salt, the word salt. In the cold country, if some of you have driven on the roads of Colorado or Michigan or the Midwest, Far East, the uh, plow drivers will put salt on the, on the ice to melt it. Another property of salt. Salt is one of the elements of the human body. When we cry, our tears are salty. When we sweat, it leaves a salty film on our bodies. In Matthew, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount shared what we know as the Beatitudes. Then he said, you are to be the salt of the earth. If salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? What did he mean? Jesus used common elements of life so that people could relate to what he was talking about. Everyone could relate to the everyday uses of salt. Jesus is saying that we are the salt of the earth. We are sent out in order to enhance and preserve the word of God. We are sent out to enhance and preserve the body of Christ. We are sent out as witnesses of what Jesus has done for us. Has Jesus been good to you? Amen. Amen. When Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, he is saying go out and make the world a better place. If what I have taught you has made a difference in your life, go out and share what has happened to you. You know the Bible is filled with principles, promises, and prophecy. And each of these elements of the Bible point towards Jesus, the sanctuary, the cross. All of these stories and concepts are teaching us that God is love and God has provided us with a way of salvation. How do we become the salt of the earth? Only by knowing Jesus and abiding in his love. In John 15, 9, we can turn to in our Bibles, And when you're there, say amen. John 15, 9. I'm just focusing on that one text. But if you would read this entire chapter, the true vine. John 15, 9 says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. This is the only way that we can be effective witnesses is if we share the love of Jesus. When Jesus comes into our hearts, we are establishing a relationship with him. And once we have that relationship, and I cannot be any more clear, we need to have a relationship before we can start teaching doctrine. We need to have a relationship with Jesus before we talk about prophecy. It is the relationship that saves us. 
While Jesus was on earth, he was showing people the love of God. He was representing the character of God in all his miracles, his teachings, and especially in his interactions with people. He was showing that God is love. When Jesus asks us to do anything, he shows us an example, and then he enables us to do it under his power. What is one of the things that uh, Jesus asked us to do? In Matthew 25, is it? Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to all the earth, and then the end will come. He is asking each of us to go out and preach and teach the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of salvation. And all of us have experienced the good news of salvation. That's why we're here. We're here to worship our Savior. Once we have come here, we gather strength from our fellow believers. We hear the word, and what do we do? Hopefully, we go out and share it with those around us. Our family first, and those that God puts in our path. I was born in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. As I said before, my father was a minister of the gospel. When you are a pastor's kid, you are asked to be an example for the rest of the children in the, in the, in the church. And I resented that. As you can imagine, there's a lot of pressure if you are a pastor's child. And so when I went out into the world, at a certain point in my life, I began to sow the wild oats. I wanted to seek pleasure. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to rebel against all these rules and restrictions that I had been brought up with. And don't get me wrong, the rules and restrictions for a young person are very important. But if you don't understand the principle behind those rules and regulations, you rebel. The principle behind any rule or regulation, any commandment of God, is the love of God. The love of God constrains us, and the law of liberty sets us free. And as I was sowing my wild oats, I was that prodigal son. I went away from Kona because Kona was too small. Kona was too restrictive. I had to get out from under my parents' roof and out from my parents' restrictions. And so I went to the big city and I sought fame and fortune. I hung out with the wrong type of people and they took me down the wrong path. I've done some things in my life that I'm not proud of. And it was in one of those times that I began to experiment with alcohol and I too became a drunk. Every weekend I would go out there and seek pleasure, to seek the buzz of alcohol, to drown my sorrows as it were. And it was in one of those drunken stupors on the streets of Waikiki that I passed out. I was right on the main street. I think it was Prince Kuhio Avenue. And I, it was only for a moment. I fell down into the, the, um, the garden there. No one came to my aid. And after I came to, I thought to myself, 
What if I had fallen forward into the path of a bus? What if I had passed out and someone stole all my money and my keys? My life would have been devastated. This is the first instance where God was speaking to me. Now God can speak to us in many different ways. And don't go the way I did, where he had to speak to me in a drunken stupor. God speaks to us through the word of God. God speaks to us when we come into a, a place like this and there are fellow believers. God speaks to us through nature and music. And God will speak to you when you ask him to come into your heart. How do we, spe how do we speak to God? We speak to God through prayer. Do you take a moment before you have your meal to say a prayer? Do you take a moment before you start your day to talk with Jesus? You know, when you have a relationship with someone, it is very important that you communicate with that person. My wife and I, we have a very good relationship, and our relationship is based on our talking to each other. And it is the same with God. God is desiring that we talk with him. He desires to be our friend. And when we take a moment or an hour to talk with him, he will talk with us. When you talk with someone, do you do all the talking? Hopefully not. Because whoever you're talking with would like to say something themselves. And it's the same way with God. We often say our prayers and we repeat ourselves and we say the same prayers. But do we stop for a moment and wait for a response? I'd like to challenge you that when you say your prayers, that you give a moment for God to impress upon you. Because he will. He may not talk to you in lightning. He may not talk to you in thunder. But he may talk to you in a still small voice. Like Catherine. She couldn't walk past this lady. Because God was speaking to her. Talk to this lady. And God will speak to you. When you are the salt of the earth. You're going to make a difference in someone's life. So getting back to my story, it cannot be said enough that a praying parent who without ceasing will bring a wayward child back to the fold, I have no doubt that my parents were praying for me while I was in Honolulu. We would talk every week, but I would never tell them what I was going through. I was too ashamed. I would miss going to church for several weeks. And a dear lady would call me up and say, Jim, we miss you. We wish you would come back. Again, the Holy Spirit was using this lady to reach out to me. She had become the salt in my life to preserve me from rotting, rotting away in sin. My future wife was also praying for me. I could never have met my wife if I had not become a Christian. You see, she was praying for a Christian husband. And if I did not become a Christian, I could not have met my wife. 
And God puts people in our lives to bring us around and to bring us forward so that we have a closer walk with Jesus. It was not until I hit bottom that I realized that I needed to have a heart knowledge of Jesus. Knowing all the scripture was not enough. I needed to know the author of scripture. About this time, I was drawn to a prophecy seminar at the Central SDA Church, and it was being conducted by Mark Finley. I attended every meeting because I wanted to have the free Bible. The Holy Spirit was using Pastor Finley to preserve and enhance my life through the words of Scripture. Little by little, the Holy Spirit was calling me back. We have been admonished by Jesus to preach the gospel. How can a person who is seeking find Christ unless some Christian shares their faith? If no church had the faith to hold a prophecy seminar, how would the person find Christ? If the Christian woman had not called me, and encouraged me to come back to church, I might have still been out in the world. I was at one time a quiet, shy person, but now I cannot but proclaim the gospel of Jesus. I have been transformed from a person seeking only fun and pleasure into a person seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew 6, 33. And some of you can quote this from, from memory. Uh, when you're there, say amen. amen. The scripture says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What are all these things? If you read the preceding verses before uh, verse 33, these things are food, and shelter, and clothing. So if we seek the kingdom of God, if we seek Jesus and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us without fail. When we seek Jesus, he will provide for our needs. Do you believe that? Amen. Seeking the kingdom of God is, is to search with all our hearts and minds a closer relationship with Jesus. When we do this, all things that we ask for, he will give to us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20. When you get there, would you say amen? 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in 17, and we'll read till 20. Scripture says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself, to Jesus Christ, and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, recon reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you 
on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What is this word reconciliation? It is merely a mending of the ways. When we fall short of the glory of God, we are separating ourselves from him. God is calling us to a ministry of reconciliation where he wants us to have a, a connection with him. And when we have that connection, we would seek to find those that also have a broken uh, relationship with Jesus. And thus, we will be reconciling them back to Jesus. If a person has been hurt or is hurting, they're not going to listen to your gospel until they know that you care about them. They don't care what you know until they know that you care. And that is what love is all about. If the love of Jesus has come into our hearts, we'll be willing to go out and talk to the alcoholic, the prostitute, the person that is struggling with issues. And I will tell you for a fact of life that every day God has an opportunity for you to share your faith. I work in human services five days a week, eight hours a day. And every day people come into my office hurting, asking, how can you help me? Now I give out food stamps, but I also give them a form of the gospel. Because I work for the government, I cannot say God will help you. I cannot say the Seventh-day Adventist Church will help you, but I can say there is a power above and beyond ourselves. And if you reach out to that spiritual power, he will help you. Sometimes they catch on and sometimes they don't. But at least I'm going to put it out there that God can help you if you are willing to reach out to him. And each of you in your daily work, in your daily walk of life, will have opportunities. And I will ask that you talk to Jesus every night, every morning, and ask him to open your eyes of faith so that you will see these opportunities. Every day, God will put people into your life, and they are seeking to know the Savior. John 17, 3 is my next uh, scripture. And when you're there, if you would say amen. John 17, 3 is another one of those powerful, powerful passages of scripture. John 15, 16, and 17 are powerful, powerful scriptures. But John 17, 3 says this, and this is eternal life, that, you, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. It is Christ's desire that each of us get to know him. Each of us get to know the love of Jesus. And he will do that as long as we ask him to. Eternal life begins when we come to know Jesus. God desires to have an intimate relationship with us. It is sin that takes us away from him. In Matthew 7, 21 to 23, if you would say amen when you reach that verse, Matthew 7, 21 to 23. 
Scripture says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Can you imagine? You've just been out there feeding the homeless. And Jesus is in the parking lot. And he says to you, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. You see, it's not our works that is going to save us. We can prophesy in his name. We can do many good things. But if we don't know the author of love, he's going to say to us, I don't know you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So again, I would challenge you each and every day, establish that relationship with Jesus. It will make you a happier person. And then it will make you want to go out and reach those that are on the streets, those that are suffering. Once you have the love of Jesus, once you have that relationship with Jesus, then you go out. And Jesus knows you because you have communicated with him. You are his friend. And when he comes in the clouds of glory, he's going to say to you, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm looking forward to that day, aren't you? Amen. Amen. Again, I'd like to encourage you to take time for Jesus. He longs to have a relationship with each one of us. Being the salt of the earth includes preparation for discipleship. And we won't have time to go into it, but I would challenge you to read from Acts 2. As the early church waited for the Holy Spirit to come to them, they followed Jesus' instruction to wait in that upper room. And when the Holy Spirit came, they were given the, the gift of language. They were given holy boldness. They would meet together daily, and they would break bread together. They would help each other financially. They would pray together. They would go to the local church. They would meet in each other's homes. And I cannot say it enough. The success of the Prophecy of Hope Seminar in Kona had to do with church members meeting in their homes weekly, not just on Sabbath. We would meet together in homes and have ohana groups. We would study the Bible. We would study prophecy. We would study the word of God and, and seek to have a closer relationship with Jesus. This is how we gathered the strength. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we had uh, at least four individuals that were rebaptized or baptized because they connected with weekly Bible studies in the home. So this is a very important thing that we all need to be doing. When you know Jesus in intimately, love him completely, you cannot, you will not keep quiet. You will want to proclaim his love with everyone you come in contact with. I used to admire my dad. When he smiled, he would smile from ear to ear. And you would know that he loved the Lord. And he would tell you so. He would go up to people in the airport and he would say, 
you know Jesus. And some of them would listen and some would not. But at least he gave them an opportunity to know his Savior. I believe that God puts people in our lives so that we have the choice of sharing the love of Jesus with them. When we have that intimate relationship with him, we will not shy away. We want to proclaim him. And when God asks us to be witness of his gospel, he will enable us to do so. Because of his love, we cannot but serve him. We will be as the salt of the earth. And I'd just like to go back. When we talk about serving the Lord, we cannot become so busy that we spend six days out of the week going to prayer meetings and going to car washes and doing children's ministries. Some of us have become so busy. And one of the words that come out of the word busy is burden under Satan's yoke. I would caution us not to become so busy that we do not spend time with Jesus. It is important to establish that relationship first and then do that ministry. So now, I'd like to us I like for us to sing one of my favorite songs and it may or may not be familiar to you it is the savior is waiting the savior is waiting to enter your heart uh, 